You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome, Philly, to your favorite sports show. Hosted by Jesse Town and Sam Wilson. They're smart, they're sexy, and they're all Philly. So thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome into episode number 67 of Babes on Broad. I'm Sam Wilson with my co-host Jesse Taylor and we are the Babes on Broad brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. You should all know our social medias by now, but if you need to find us, go at Babes on Broad on all social media platforms. Now let's get right into it. The Philadelphia Eagles lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Thursday Night Football at home 28-22. to Yes, I think... One of the reasons I'm most upset about that game is the fact that obviously all year we've been talking about they need a run game, they need a run game, where's Miles Sanders? And last night they had 21 rushing yards in the first half, 20 of which came from Jalen Hurts. Miles Sanders only saw the ball one time in that entire half. Mm -hmm. And obviously we were losing, what, 28 to 7 at that point or something after that or going into halftime. And then they come out. It was okay in the third quarter, but towards the end of the third quarter, that's when you really saw them get Miles Miles Sanders the ball. And that's when we started seeing them catch up, and they had chances, and it got close. And it's just so frustrating because you're like, it makes you wonder, if they had Miles Sanders getting the ball all game long, would this score have been a different outcome? Because they definitely had a chance to even win it all the way to the end. There's You don't win games in the NFL, and you don't sustain winning in the NFL without running the football. I mean, look at a, a team like the Kansas City Chiefs, for example. I mean, obviously, you know, they're they're not playing well to start the season. But in, in, in looking at the grand scheme of things, like when you have a guy like Patrick Mahomes, your first thought is, why would we ever run the ball? But they still have a balanced attack to their offense. And it is why they are successful. Think back to 2017, when the Eagles had guys like LeGarrette Blunt and Jay Ajayi back there and and Corey Clement as that three-headed monster that they had going on they they were just demoralizing teams with their run game and then the passing game just did enough to win them games and then win them a Super Bowl 
And that is how they were successful. And since that game, since the Super Bowl in the 2017-2018 season, they have completely abandoned that mentality. And I think that's why it's as frustrating to me as it is, because ultimately, yes, I understand that we we will get into our issues that we have with current coaching staff, but we've been yelling about this and screaming about this specific issue for the last four years. And in that time, we have traded our quarterback and we have a new quarterback here. And in that time, we've also completely revamped the entire coaching staff, complete overhaul from top to bottom. And it's still the same issues. So it's not necessarily a coaching issue. It's the way that this organization is run and it's the way that they want this team handled and built and operated. And it is not a recipe for winning it's it's not going to deliver wins no and I agree 100 percent Kyle Sanders it's so frustrating because like you said any team doesn't even if you have a fantastic rushing the or offense or a fantastic passing offense it's you need balance and like you already said you see that on every team even Kansas City right and they're successful so I think what like that's obviously frustrating. You already mentioned it. The other part that's killing us is this coaching. And it's so frustrating. I think to me is these same problems we were saying last year, mm-hmm. which I mean, you've already brought it up. were about Doug Peterson. It was so frustrating because that was obviously the worst year we saw of him coaching wise. Right. And we just get a new start and a new fresh beginning with Nick Sirianni, who most of us questioned the hire from the beginning. But then this guy comes in and he looks maybe even worse than Doug Peterson last year. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of issues with this team, but like I said, it starts from the top. Like ownership are morons who don't understand anything football related. The GM is useless. And the head coach, he's just a puppet and a bad one. He's not a good puppet. Like it's, it's, all and it's all of these things that are leading to they're like it, it feels like they're stunting Jalen Hurts' growth. Oh, 100%. And it's just it's 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 so sad to watch honestly because from the beginning, you know, everyone we were hoping it wasn't the case that Nick Sirianni was going to be this this yes man puppet for for ownership and it's looking like that's that's what he is. He yeah. is just not fit to to call an offense. Like Jalen isn't playing well, right? No one's saying that he's he's playing extremely well right now. Last week he was not playing well, but he when it when it counted most, he came in he and led him down the field and stepped up, which was amazing to see, and we'd love to see that. But Jalen right now, you know, he's not seeing the field well. He's not making good decisions. He's not making quick decisions. And and how does Nick Sirianni com- combat that? He's like, yeah, let's let's continue to run these RPOs that gives Jalen Hurts all of the that's forcing Jalen to make the right reads and make the right decisions and completely ignoring the run game. Like a run game is a struggling quarterback's best friend. Like, why are we still going through this? Why are we still having these issues? We were hoping that we were going to see something a little bit more fresh and exciting from a new coaching staff. And you just said it and you're absolutely right. It's worse. Yeah. And that's one concerning thing, Jess. So like how you were saying, it's obviously 
he's being a puppet. And before, when we saw Doug doing this, we were like, okay, it's just because they are out on Carson Wentz. And like we told ourselves, they, that's the only reason. But now it's really concerning because they have this fresh start, the new head coach, the new quarterback that's young. And he has potential, although I am nervous. I'm getting nervous because, I mean, they're not helping him. But Jalen Hurts, his arms, he's not too accurate. He doesn't have the arm strength, really. I mean, I guess he showed it here and there, but it's not consistent. And his field vision, very concerning. But back to my actual point. Sorry, I jumped ahead there. You're good. <laughs> but um, no, so it's concerning because when we saw Doug Peterson being the puppet, we were like, Carson's out. That's fine. But now it really makes you wonder, because if they are just a puppet, the people that they're masking are obviously just idiots. Like they do not know the game of football. Right. And that's like, how do you escape that if it's your GM and owner? Right. And, and for a coach that talks so highly about himself being a former wide receiver, wide receiver coach, wide receiver guy, how come your wide receivers aren't open or can't get open in man coverage? They can't. They weren't. Anytime that the Bucks were in man coverage last night, not, not, not open. Not open even remotely. Why are your wide receivers continuing to make dumb decisions? Like when Quez Watkins last night stopped running, which caused an interception. I put that interception on Quez Watkins 10 times out of 10. I understand that Jalen absolutely is having accuracy issues, but had Quez Watkins kept running and not tried to jump for a ball that was a mile over his head, when the corner read that ball like a wide receiver, that's not an interception. It's it's things that just infuriate me because it's stupidity. Like it's stupidity left and right. And then it's a guy who is like, oh yeah, I ex- play calling is is my area of expertise and I'm a wide receiver and I, I know the wide receivers and I'm going to coach up the wide receivers and I'm going to call plays and, and design the offense to my player's strengths. I see none of that. None of it. None of that. And I also think that, you know, it, it is important to note that this is still Jalen Hurts' 10th start. That was his 10th start. And we, you know, an, another thing that, you know, he's he's dealing with and could it have an impact in, in why they abandoned the run game so quickly? Maybe the offensive line combinations. I went back and, and looked at it this morning and the Eagles have had in Jalen Hurts' 10 starts. They have had to shuffle the line four times because of an injury in the game. And he has had six different starting offensive lineups in front of him. Like, he started week one with Mylata, Sayamalu, Kelsey, and Brandon Brooks. Week two, you lose Brandon Brooks and put Dickerson in there at right guard. Week three, you have Sayamalu carted off and no Jordan Mylata. So you have Andre Dillard. Sayamalu gets carted off and Nate Herbig goes in there. Jason Kelsey, Landon Dickerson, Lane Johnson. Then week four, Lane Johnson is a late scratch and we haven't seen or heard from him since. So you have Andre Dillard, Landon Dickerson at left guard, Jason Kelsey, Nate Herbig, Jack Driscoll. Then week five, Andre Dillard is in there at left tackle. Landon Dickerson got hurt at one point and Nate Herbig comes in. Jason Kelsey, they put Jack Driscoll at right guard and then Jordan Mailata. And then this week they had Dickerson at left tackle again, Jack Driscoll at at right tackle. And this was actually one where Landon Dickerson was okay. And this was a a repeat start. But then you go back to last season and it's the same thing. Forget about the fact that his, when he came in against Green Bay, it was Mylotta, Sayamalu, Kelsey, 
Jason Peters at right guard and Jack Driscoll at right tackle. Then the next week you have Herbig at right guard and Jack Driscoll at, at right tackle. Then the next week they pull Jack Driscoll or he got hurt. I don't even remember, but you have Matt Pryor at right tackle and he gets obliterated. Then at one point they pull they oh oh then at one point Jordan Mylotta got hurt and they had to pull him for Brett Toth at left tackle. Like the the combinations of the offensive line that Jalen Hurts has seen, I that that we you and you used to talk about this all the time on the fanatic with Trey Thomas and I think Trey Thomas shout out to Trey for going in the Eagles Hall of Fame. Describe would give some of the best insight on how horrible these offensive line combination struggles can truly truly be for an offense in so many different ways so I think it's really important to put that in there as well because people that are out so quickly on Jalen Hurts in his 10th start with this coaching staff that's doing him no favors in an organization that's going to continue to do him no favors they also have these issues as well it's really just frustrating no 100 percent, and it's like, how do you expect to get in the flow, you know, without a offensive line? And that's really like, it comes down to getting in your vibe, like your flow kind of feeling. And then also just the comfortability, the confidence and knowing they have your back. Yeah. And that's what's so tough. And like last night, he was getting a lot of criticism. Jalen Hurts was because he was getting out of the pocket too early. But how do you expect him to have the confidence to want to stay there if he doesn't know the guys in front of him? So it all goes round circle, but it is really very, very interesting to why, like, I mean, obviously the Eagles were notorious for having injury problems, but what is the struggle with keeping an offensive line? I don't, it doesn't make sense to me. You can't even just say that it's injury related at this point. I feel like, I mean, I guess, yeah, a lot of it is, but then also you have Lane Johnson going out. You have this guy. It just makes no sense to me. Yeah, it, they just constantly have have these struggles, and I'm I'm totally with you. Like they were the the offensive line was getting blown off the line of scrimmage last night. Like they were yeah. getting bullied last night, and I understand that the Bucks have a a decent defensive front. Their their secondary is not great, and they're also hurt, which makes it even more infuriating. Why last night went the way it went, <laughs> um, but. They've got a good defensive front, and in those kinds of situations, I understand why you might be scared to run the ball, but that's what Nick Sirianni said all week as well. He was like, oh, well, they've got a really good def- defensive front. Like, if, the, if, if Nick Sirianni was just scared of the defense and didn't run the ball, he should be fired on the spot. Yes, that's what I'm I was saying. I think he should be fired, but that is an immediate yeah. fireable offense. You try, you at least try to run the ball more than one time in the first half because look what happened last night. It was like later in the third, they try to run the ball. Oh my gosh. Miles Sanders is going off. Right. And then it's too late. They're getting blown up in pass blocking. How about you try run blocking and see if that helps do anything to help out your essentially rookie quarterback, anything, Uh, anything at all. It's tough to watch. And it sucks. It does suck for Jalen because even I am starting to question. I do think Jalen's still good enough if he's in the right organization has a good coach and has the weapons. I still think he has the right weapons. Mm -hmm. Obviously that offensive line needs some work right now, but I think he's still in the right spot to be successful. He doesn't need to be some Pat Mahomes. That's incredible 
and making moves. If he just fills that marker and does what he's supposed to do, he has enough if he has a good coach that utilizes it right. to make them successful. He has the good weapons right now. Watkins is going off. Rager, Smith, you have all that. And then you also have Gainwell that's a two-way threat. And then you have Miles Sanders who's good back. So they have no excuse. Like just literally dumb it down and let them go through the motions. I think you 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 hit the nail on the head with that. I think Jalen could be the guy. But what concerns me is who we're relying on to help him grow. Yeah. That's what concerns me the most because I think he could be the guy because he's this freak athlete who can make plays and we've seen him do it. There are things that need work for sure, but those are things that can be improved upon. Like you can teach accuracy. You can help a quarterback learn how to read the field better. You can't teach being a freak athlete. So what concerns me is if there, if this organization puts Jalen in the right position and puts the right people around him in terms of coaching staff to succeed. And that's what genuinely worries me the most. And, and, you know, this year I get it's a rebuild year and I, I was on board with that going into the season and I'm on board with seeing things and thinking, wow, that was really frustrating, but those are, those are correctable issues. And then seeing them get corrected and set, seeing the progress going forward, we're say, seeing the same thing week in, week out, and it's actually getting worse. So that's what's really frustrating because I would love to know what on God's green earth they work on all week. Um, 100%. Ugh, awful. But we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to answer some questions that we got on our social medias this week. You are listening to The Babes on Broad on BGN Radio. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. 
That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Welcome back into episode number 67 of Babes on Broad. So we went through yesterday's game. We usually preview in the second half, but because we have like 10 days until the next game, we're going to do that later in an episode next week. But right now we got some rapid fire questions. Just hit us. All right. Did the Eagles make a mistake not hiring Eric Bieniemy, or is it too early to tell? Oh, 100%. I mean, I think Eric Bieniemy is a genius. I don't think they could have gotten him if they wanted to because I think he's very comfortable out in Kansas City. But I obviously, he was my number one choice. Yeah, I think the offense is not as nearly as, as frustrating. And I think I'm not able to call the plays from my seat in the stands looking at where they're lined up. It's horrific. Um, can this team get hot with the remaining schedule they have? I don't know what it is off the top of my head. I mean, it's not looking good next week in Vegas. Well, actually, Vegas. They're ready? Is kind of- so they're in Vegas. Yes. Then they're in Detroit. Here's That's the game it. they have left. In Vegas, they play in Detroit. They play in Denver. They play the Saints here. Then they've got the Washington football team twice, the New York Giants twice, and they have the Dallas Cowboys again. That's what they have left. So I can see six wins. I'm going to go with six wins out of that. Really? Yeah. Do you have more than that? No, less. I think they could do the Saints. They have Detroit, Denver, Washington football team twice, and I think they'll beat New York once I think they'll get upset and then Dallas is just way outmatching them right now I think that Denver is going to be a really tough game because they're way better than anyone thought they were going to be this year and by that point they might have some of their weapons back and be healthy the Lions have been in every game that they are playing and that they have lost and it's come down to like very last second field goals and plays and things like that so that concerns me that the Eagles it could go either way on that one because of the poor decision-making that's going on throughout the saints are a much better football team than anyone thought they were going to be. And the Raiders, I think that could be a really, I think the travel's hard. I think, I think the long, long break for the Eagles is, is a positive, but I, that one's a toss up for me. I do think they I think they could they could take all four against the football team yeah. and, the, and the Giants. They could. I think they could sneak one against the Cowboys in late December, early January here. I think it's possible. Anything is possible. But you're right, because that's why I have them beating the Saints, because I think they are going to get a big upset this year. Because I mean, okay. and that's just my team. I think they'll get it against. I well, they also play the Chargers here. Oh no, that's a loss. <laughs> that's, a, that's an L. We're just playing so well. <laughs> Jeez. But um, I mean, uh. that's the thing is like it's it's hard to tell because you see glimpses like last night. Right. You would have thought I would have said that they were going to get blown out by the bus. Right. You know what Dead I mean? In the water and they had a chance. They missed a field goal. They could have only lost that game by three points. And if they utilized the run earlier in that game, who knows what would have happened. 
Yeah. It would have took time away from Tom Brady, who like doubled their time of possession. Yeah. So if you ran the ball, it could have been so much different. I mean, when you when you're sitting in a stadium on a third for a Thursday night game or a primetime game of some kind, it's late at night and you're thinking about working the next day as an adult, <laughs> and you're like, okay, when do I leave so I don't hate we did myself the same thing. tomorrow? So after halftime, you know, my brother and and Joe look at me and they're like, okay, what what is the plan here? What what are you seeing here? I'm like, all right, the Eagles get the ball coming out the half. I said if they lay an egg on this drive and the Bucks go right down and score. And all of a sudden it's, and then the Eagles lay another egg and it's about to be 35 to seven. We're out of here. We said the, the same Eagles, thing. The Eagles go down and score. And all of a sudden they drag you back in 14 and you're like, they all right, back in. They you know, you there. we're still right here. But you know, it's, it, that's the thing you see flashes of it and it just, but you don't, they don't have an identity. You don't know what no. this team is on either side of the ball. But, we don't know what we're getting. And it's so frustrating because on the offensive side, it seems so easy. It seems like literally it should be the early 2000s offense. To me, Jalen Hurts is so comparable to Donovan McNabb, but even runs better. And then mm-hmm. you have Miles Sanders, who is wa- Brian Westbrook right now. And you have offensive weapons or wide receiving weapons. It literally should be the early 2000s Eagles. Obviously, the offensive line's the wishy-washy thing right now because it's just a different combination. But that's what it should be. And they were the perfect balanced team with rushing and passing. How happy do you think five is that Carson Wentz got traded and isn't here to potentially like usurp his throne of being the best Eagles quarterback in recent history? He probably is very happy. But So happy, right? <laughs> You might be nervous of Jalen Hurts. I mean, in the beginning, but who knows? Um, what is your? We kind of touched on this, but just a, a question: What is your confidence level in the coaching staff? Is it lack of talent, or are they just bad? No, they have talent. They have the talent. I think they're just bad. They're just bad. They don't they're know what to bad. do with it to develop. They, I mean, the, if they would have played the whole game last night, both sides, like they did in the fourth quarter. Who was? I think it, it might have been Rodney McLeod that said, oh, yeah, in the fourth quarter, we started disguising things more and throwing different looks to confuse Brady. And I'm like, what the hell were you doing yeah. before? Why are Why you, do you just showing Tom Brady what you're going to do? It's Tom Brady. For the love of God, you throw everything, including the kitchen sink at that man. Literally. Infuriating. Infuriating. Um, who is responsible for the irrationally pass-centric offense? Nick Sirianni. Nick Sirianni and my least favorite person on planet earth, Howie Roseman. Um, I, I, I really, I think it, I think it's like, like pass happy, like heavy slinging offense. And like, just, they just need to not because they don't understand football. So, um, now this is one that hurts my heart a little bit, but we have to talk about it because it's, it's been all over the Twitter, the bird app this morning. The Twitter. Do you think the Eagles are about to send Zach Ertz in a trade somewhere? It's looking like it, and I don't like it. Yesterday, he came off the field crying. I would explain it. It would. I have chills because of the grossed-out chills. The ovation but. that he gets when he comes onto that field. Last night when he ran on the field, we were just like, he loves being here. I know. He lo- he's so happy to still you be here. You know what? It makes me sad because, obviously, we love him so much, but part of me is like, Go you. Like, you deserve so much better than this organization has given you. And it's just like, 
I'm going, it's like when your sister or like brother breaks up with that girlfriend or boyfriend that you really love and you're just like sad they're not going to be around anymore, but you're like, you deserve better. Yeah. You deserve better. You deserve better. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I love you so much. I have to let you go. And yeah, exactly. Um, and last question, what position would you target in the 2022 draft? Assuming they stick with Jalen hurts. Well, I mean, if we have freaking three spots in the top 10, baby, um, I think we trust Howie Roseman to make the correct decisions. No, I don't. I think maybe we'll get lucky and get one solid pick from those three. Um, right now it's tough. Obviously I think you have to say, well, yes, actually number one, obviously linebacker, but we know that's not going to happen. Skip over that. But I think you would definitely need to hit corner. Uh Uh-huh. Um, I'm not even going to say linebacker. That's the obvious, but they're not going to draft a linebacker that high. So, um, corner, maybe an offensive lineman at this point. And then Uh I think you can never, I don't know if I would either double up one corner or just get another weapon at wide receiver. Yeah. I mean, in my perfect world that I know how he's going to destroy I corner linebacker. And then I think another tackle would be my thought process that would be my ideal I don't think we're going to get that lucky but that would be that would be my I would not say a bad word about Howie Roseman for 24 hours until he screws up the want to know what's sad like we can call that right now and say those positions that and we're not going to get it so I mean, I was nervous when they traded up and we're about to draft Devonte Smith. I was chewing on my nails because I wasn't confident that that was the decision they were going to make. And the fact that I was genuinely that nervous just says so much. And then I said yeah. that today, I won't say a bad word about Howie Roseman for, for 24 hours. And then he didn't draft Asante Samuel Jr. And I was right back to saying bad things about him. So. Dude, uh, and it kills you seeing what he's doing out there with the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, yeah, what a crime it would be to have him in an Eagles uniform, huh? Ugh. Oh, it's horrific. It um, but that is our episode for the week. So thank you for listening to episode 67 of Babes on Broad. Thank you so much for getting your questions in so quickly. We actually tweeted that like early this morning <laughs> and late last night. And we got lots of questions, which was awesome. So thank you for that. Thank you, as always, to SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. Make sure, as Sam said, you're following all of our socials. Subscribe to BGN Radio on Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, everywhere you get your podcasts. Leave a five-star rating, written review, all that good stuff, and we will talk to you next week. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement. Here's the truth about AI. AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier. All built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. 
Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people.